Thank you for listening, but please be advised that I am not an expert on any of the topics I discuss on the show. I encourage you to do your own skeptical inquiry and let me know if you think I say something in error. I have no problem admitting my mistakes and correcting them on the following episode. I should also mention that I swear. I'm not vulgar or anything, but when I get excited, the cusses do tend to come out. When that does occur, I will not be bleeping them, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, humans. 2020 may be over, but I'm personally still terrified of what may come. At least the Christian nationalists have made themselves visible, I guess. Conservatives from around here, including people from my own family, refused to believe they existed for years. Man, their worlds must be so closed. Their experiences so limited. To be ignorant of what's actually going on just to the south of their own country. Imagine how ignorant they must be of how things work in the rest of the world. How could anyone not see that Christian extremists are just as dangerous to North America as the Islam extremists were to the Middle East? When religion is allowed to be a part of government, it all goes to hell really, really fast. Look at photographs of certain areas in the Middle East in the 60s and early 70s, and the women look just like they do in photographs from North America around the same time. Then look at photos from today. That's what happens when religion is allowed to be a part of government and lawmaking. It has never ended with what anyone listening to me right now could ever consider a free nation. Period. A quick recording update. I just released episode 29 this week, and it was the first time I used GarageBand to complete things and put it all together. I was actually really happy with the result until it dropped. It dropped super quiet. I'll be editing 30 soon, and I'm going to give it another try after looking up what the reason might be. Then I think I'll try Audacity for at least a couple episodes. It'll be so nice when I've got my final program chosen and things figured out. Then I can deep dive in other things, like equipment. (laughs) I'm kind of excited to start renting mics and trying things out. Skepticism matters. But lack of skepticism... Lack of skepticism could lead to fucking horrors. The bullshit around the U.S. election is a fine example. People's lives have been ruined because not enough people are skeptical about what they see on bloody social media. There was this one person who was doing their job, transcribing damaged ballots to ensure they were counted. As per the live feeds and in-house cameras which had full views of the area, They were being monitored by both Democrat and Republican representatives just six feet away. Someone cropped a video to make it look like this counter was alone and unsupervised for extended periods and claimed that they were replacing Trump ballots with Biden ballots. The representatives from both parties who were there have all come forward to state that the video is absolutely not legit. They were watching. The person was doing their job. They were transcribing ballots that were damaged to ensure they could all be counted by the machines. Another person was accused of throwing a ballot away. Again, they were monitored by representatives from both sides, and there is full unedited video available. 
The piece of paper they threw away isn't even close to the size of what a ballot would be. If you actually take the time to stop and look, if you actually give a shit about the truth, you can see it's just a piece of fucking paper. Yet someone created a video claiming they're throwing away a vote for Trump. And of course it went viral and all the dumbasses believe it. Another person who didn't even work for the polls got cut up in this craziness. They were just a freaking used camera person loading their equipment onto the vehicle for the day. Someone videoed them and then put this together claiming it was footage of someone unloading Biden ballots and bringing them in to be counted after the polls had closed. Total bullshit. Another viral video. Another person who's now possibly getting death threats. And yes, this shit is happening. I only provided three examples of three individuals. There's so much more. If you think this is just politics or that these lies are harmless, you are in a bubble of pure ignorance. Notice I didn't name anyone in this segment. That's because many of these innocent people have been receiving death threats. Some had to go into hiding. One person was harassed so much they had to fucking move. There are some counties that have had to provide protection. People's lives are being destroyed because some of our friends and family see something on social media and don't have any skepticism towards it. They assume it's true and spread the lies, ruining the lives of innocent people. How many of you have friends or family who shared these monstrosities? Do you ignore it? If so, I actually encourage you to stop ignoring it. People are being hurt. More of us need to be calling the sharers of this garbage out on that bullshit. Now that the election is over, they will find other things to make up to spread their misplaced anger and hatred. It's not going to stop. It's up to those of us who are reasonable and who actually give a shit about the truth to say something when we see it. Be skeptical, damn it, and teach others to be as well. For the environment, I'm afraid the news I have to share is not good today. Sea level rise comes up again and again with the subject matter I research. Jason and I even dedicated two entire episodes to it early on when it was the two of us, episodes three and four. It's always looked bad, but now. <laughs> well, now there is a study that used a different grouping of information, and it's believed that their calculations are more accurate because of it. Initially, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change estimated we would see one meter, or 39 inches, rise in sea levels by the end of this century. The newer studies, unfortunately, are finding initial estimations to be quite conservative. What they have done differently is compare historical sea level data with the sea's sensitivity to warming. It's now thought that levels will rise around 25 centimeters or 10 inches more per century if we don't take drastic action as a people of this planet. The more recent study was published February 2nd in the European Geosciences Union journal, Ocean Science. According to lead author of the study, Asla Grinstead, they can never give perfect predictions because it's something that is up to us as humans and human behavior is unpredictable. An image of an insect recently caught my eye. It was such an incredible sight that I was sure it was fake. While the legitimacy of this particular photo may still be in question, the story behind it is somewhat real. The image was of a small insect carrying a perfect pyramid of perfectly cut, perfectly shaped logs on its back. 
I'm pretty sure this particular image was big time photoshopped, but the reality of these little bugs is still super cool. Bagworm moths are a family of moths named for the little cases or bags that they build from debris when in the larval stage. They build these mobile shelters out of plant leaves, evergreen needles, lichen, sand, soil, pretty much whatever they can find. It's held together and stuck to a branch or beam with caterpillar silk and used for protection as well as pupating. Two holes are built into the shelter, one to pop their head out and eat leaves and another to exit from when the males finish pupating. While they will use just about anything they can find, their collecting is not completely random. Variations of short and long pieces are used to build the shelter in a careful pattern that spirals as it goes up. There are a range of sizes for these cases because they rebuild many times as they grow. The tiny homes can be from 6 to 152 millimeters or 0.5 to 6 inches. That's a pretty big range. The females do not develop wings so they almost never leave their shelter. The males will come to them for mating and females will lay their eggs right there in the bag. For some species the female dies with their eggs and quickly decays away and in other species the female will crawl out of the shelter and fall to the ground after her eggs are laid and she dies there. I'm starting to see a pretty regular theme in wildlife in insects. It seems like the females lay their eggs and then they die. That is very common in insects I've been learning. Bagworm moths are found worldwide. If you are trying to spot one look for small debris piles that appear to be moving by themselves among the branches of pine, jupiter, red cedar, mosses, lichens. As interesting as they are they are actually a pest insect which can be destructive to trees. Apparently evergreens see the most damage from bagworm moth larvae. Larvae. Larvae? Larvae. Whatever. I still do not believe the first image I saw was legit. The logs were perfectly formed and everyone had this perfectly even green moss coating on it and while they do make amazing intricate shelters they are not perfect like in this picture. But I am glad for this picture because it caught my attention and I got to learn about another super cool creature that I never heard about before. For this episode I got to make notes about geothermal energy and it turned out to be something I find very interesting. I was so into this one that two and a half hours had gone by and it just didn't feel possible that I'd been sitting there that long. According to National Geographic, thermal energy has been used for thousands of years in some places for both cooking and heating, but it was first used to generate electricity in 1904. Originally, people tapped underground reservoirs of steam and hot water from naturally exposed areas like cracks in the earth. This was apparently particularly useful in areas with high volcanic activity which makes perfect sense. Over the centuries we've developed ways to dig, drill I guess is the proper term really, to drill to deeper depths and with more efficiency and that has led to today where we actually have geothermal energy plants providing energy to more homes every year. I think most people understand about the difference between hot air density and cold air density. It's the reason cooler air falls and displaces warmer air. The saying that warmer air rises is actually from before we understood what was really happening. If we were to be literal with what we know today, we would say that cooler air falls and pushes the warmer air out of the way. Cooler air is pushy. Does that mean warmer air is being bullied? Oh my gosh, now I'm anthropomorphizing air. Fuck my brain sees everything as a cartoon sometimes. Anyway, water. Water is the same as air in this way. Cooler water falls and pushes warmer water out of the way. 
And it's by making use of and sometimes even closing this natural occurrence in a loop that we obtain a lot of our geothermal energy today. When the loop is closed, the natural power of thermodynamics can keep some of these systems on a constant cycle with little to zero additional energy required and little to zero emissions put out. There are three types of geothermal plants right now. Dry steam is the oldest of these technologies. It uses steam from fractures in the ground to directly turn a turbine. A geothermal flash plant pulls hot water from deep underground into cooler water, resulting in steam, which turns a turbine. With the geothermal binary plant, hot water is sent by a secondary fluid that has a much lower boiling point than water. This way, the hot water going by doesn't have to be super hot in order to vaporize the other fluid, creating the steam to turn the turbine. I will have diagrams posted in my social medias throughout release day of all three versions for those who find visuals helpful. I know I always gain a better understanding of how stuff like this works through a well laid out image. So if you're like me, check them out. It's amazing how quickly things heat up when you can go down into the earth a kilometer at a time. While temperatures will rise about 30 degrees Celsius per kilometer in an average location, that goes up to 60 degrees Celsius per kilometer in volcano rich areas. This means that at just 3.5 kilometers, the rocks are around 100 degrees Celsius. There was a time in our history when this was an incredible task, but today it's really not anymore. We can do this. We can do this almost anywhere. To be very clear, this is the actual possibility of unlimited renewable energy just about anywhere in the world. So it's really nice to see some countries embracing this option on larger scales. It's now being widely used for district heating, geothermal heat pumps, greenhouses, and more. The U.S. is currently the world's largest producer of geothermal energy. In fact, the largest of these developments in the world is the Geysers, located north of San Francisco, California. The U.S. Department of Energy calls geothermal energy a vital, clean energy resource which supplies renewable power around the clock and emits little to no greenhouse gases. There are seven states which generated around 16 billion kilowatt hours in 2019. Some U.S. cities even pipe geothermal hot water under roads and sidewalks to melt snow, which I think is amazing. Sidebar, did I ever define a kilowatt hour on any past episodes? If not, I feel like I should have. It relates to a few of my past topics. A kilowatt hour is a unit of energy. I'm going to have to look this up, actually. So there'll be some editing here. A kilowatt hour equals 3,600 kilojoules or 3.6 megajoules. And the first time I came across that information, that didn't help me at all because I didn't even know what a joule was. So let's find a definition out of a joule straight out of the dictionary. One joule is equal to energy used to accelerate a body with the mass of one kilogram using one Newton of force over a distance of one meter. One joule is also equal to one watt second. Okay, end of sidebar. Iceland. Iceland is already using geothermal power facilities to generate about 25% of their energy available for output, and it takes care of 90% of their heating demands. Many of their buildings and swimming pools are heated via geothermal hot water. Of course, they have a bit, a lot, of an advantage over there. Iceland has 25 active volcanoes and numerous hot springs and geysers to make use of. The UK will soon have its first fully functioning plant. 
The United Downs Deep Geothermal Power Project is going to be selling its electricity to Ecotricity, the world's first renewable energy company who will distribute and sell it to 10,000 homes in Cornwall in the UK. According to Dale Vincent, founder of Ecotricity, geothermal energy has a big role to play in plans to decarbonize the country. There is even a rum distillery looking at using geoheated and powered biomes to cure their products. Over 20 countries are now generating geothermal energy, including El Salvador, New Zealand, Kenya and the Philippines, each of which covers a significant share of their energy needs with it. Of course, nothing is ever perfect. So here are the issues that arise. There can be a release of hydrogen sulfide that, while not harmful, smells terrible. Disposal of some geothermal fluids may have low levels of toxic materials in them. Remember, some systems use a liquid other than water that has a lower boiling point than water. And over the decades or centuries, it is speculated that some locations may begin to cool down and no longer be productive someday in the future. The positives go so far and beyond that, though, that these negatives become rather inconsequential when compared to other energy-providing resources. This is a resource which, when used properly, generates electricity without burning fossil fuels or putting out greenhouse gases. It's always available. Direct use has been shown to save 80% compared to other supply methods. It is not dependent in any way on the weather, giving it a very high capacity factor. Capacity factor is how often a plant can be running at maximum power. So a capacity of 100% means that power is being generated 100% of the time. Wind power has somewhat of a limited capacity factor because the wind isn't always blowing. No option is ever perfect in every way. But so far, it looks like this is about as close as we will be able to get for some time. Thermal dynamics and geothermal energy for the win! Today for my happy segment, I would like to tell you about something that makes me smile every single day. Or someone, really. Our house rabbit, Treat. Treat was abandoned between the doors of the Winnipeg Humane Society, along with another rabbit. They did not have a place for rabbits at the time, so they contacted a local rescue, Popcorn and Binky's Rescue Haven. It was with the rescue that they received their names, Trick and Treat. We started out just wanting to help out, so we applied to be fosters. The problem is, every single person in my household fell completely in love with her, and the thought of someone else coming along and adopting her was starting to feel like something we did not want to happen. So we foster failed. We did it. We adopted her, and it was the Best decision ever. It's been such a gift to watch her go from being the timid little thing who we couldn't even reach out and pet, to running around, up and down, in and out, binky, zooming, nudging for attention, happy bunny she is today. After giving her lots of space and lots of patience for many months, she is now a perfect little cuddle bun. She doesn't even fuss about being picked up. And to think that at one time we couldn't even pet her forehead. Seeing her do binkies and zoomies around the living room and seeing her flop on her favorite spots makes us all so happy because it means that she has reached a point where she is happy and comfortable here now. We are doing everything we can to give her a warm, happy, healthy, enriched life. And she gives pure joy to each and every one of us every single day in return. Oh, and if you would like to see our princess, she has an Instagram under Treat the Rabbit.
Thank you for listening, and may your health and sanity be replenished daily so you may reset from all the bullshit thrown at you every day. Thank you to Jason Martin for composing the intro and outro for the show. And thank you to Kathy Rayner and Paul Palmer for their musical contributions on the violin and guitar. I hope you will join me in two weeks for episode 32 of Living Through Extinction. If you like what you heard and would like to support the show, the best way to do so is to like, follow, rate, comment, and share. You will find the social media pages for Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest under Living Through Extinction, and for Twitter under LTE Pod. There's also a Patreon under Living Through Extinction, where you can get decals, masks, pins, and all sorts of stickers, and help me plant trees. If you have any comments, corrections, questions, or suggestions, please email livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. The governor of Missouri declared a state of emergency. Very serious situation here in Hawaii. Earlier this evening, the uh, civil defense calling for an evacuation of all low-lying areas because of a tsunami threat. The sky turns black as giant tornadoes touch down from Nebraska to Texas.